United States of Lead is an informative podcast that may contain sensitive material and the occasional F-bomb. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to the Cult of Corporation from the United States of Lead, where we dive more into the links between corporate control in America and the people involved in this cult of corporation. Last week, we did a little background into the concept of cults, and this week, we're going to dive into a little bit of the history of corporations. Something I didn't think about until starting research for this topic is the fact that the oversaturation of corporations has become so normalized and how we really need to look at the relationships different generations have with what these corporations are. Yeah, it's pretty insane how the notion of a corporation, uh, this kind of ubiquitous, they're everywhere and they control so many factors and aspects of our life. But uh, if we were to stop someone on the street and say like, what is a corporation or you know, what, what does it do? What, is, what can it not do? Um, how is it, what is its legal exposure? I don't know if people could really answer that. I know mm-hmm. I can, but I also know it took a little bit of like, I, I'm going to sit down and actually learn what this is, which is what we're going to do today. So, um, And I'm not going to get to the different levels because that's something too that, I mean, it doesn't take much to start a, you know, an LLC. Mm-hmm. You just have to fill out some paperwork and pay your money and then boom, you you're incorporated. And so, but that doesn't mean that you are on the same level uh, as Jeff Bezos or, you know, the Koch brothers and stuff like that. So it's almost like an MLM. I just thought about that (laughs) as far as, you know, like buy into this so that, you know, oh, great. I have a business now. And, Mm. you know, the idea of like how easy it is to start a business and it's not actually that easy. I don't know if you want to jump into this now. I think we're going to talk about this a little bit in a little bit, but this is very much like the mystery school teachings in whenever any kind of religious studies, when you're looking at a cult, uh, this is very much like a mystery school where there are secret teachings that aren't shared with the general population. And you, you really want to like, make sure only the elect know these things. And interesting like in Gnosticism or like this sort of Gnosis, the elect then can operate within the world, but knowing this special secret knowledge that gives Mm -hmm. them power. That's kind of the idea with 
a lot of Gnostic teaching. It's like, okay, sure, I'm here, but I, I actually know how the illusion really works. A very simplistic view of this, what's your tax exposure, how to mitigate certain risks. And you can do that really effectively and benefit from that when you have a developed relationship with a corporation, when an individual has a, a more developed relationship with a corporation, mm-hmm. um, they have these sort of these seemingly secret powers that uh, mm-hmm. the hoi polloi are just like, how come, how come they don't have to pay taxes? How come, yeah. how, how come they get to write this off? How come? Yeah, but I don't get to. Yeah. I'm the, how do I make money off the furniture that I'm storing for my own business that happens to be stored in my living room? And I'm yeah, charging myself. Like MLM. Yeah, I'm charging myself a storage fee off my corporation, off the furniture. And you're that buying I'm using. the things you need from these corporations. Yes, for myself. It is an MLM. Okay, it's- thanks. Thanks for tuning in, guys. That's our uh, whole series. Yeah. Corporations are an MLM cult. Fuck, we got to look into that. Oh, it's it's. They're real. a fucking MLM. Bullshit. So, before we start. Let's go with the definition of what a corporation is. From Investopedia.com, quote, a corporation is a legal entity that is separate and distinct from its owners. Under the law, corporations possess many of the same rights and responsibilities as individuals. But as we've been noticing, it seems they have the rights, but not so much the responsibilities. That's me saying that, not the actual quote. (laughs) They can enter contracts, loan and borrow money, sue and be sued, hire employees, have their own assets and pay taxes, but JK, not all of them. Some also refer to a corporation as a, quote, legal person, end quote. And so that's where we talk about, you know, the idea that these corporations have more rights than citizens. Like, well, they're seen legally as a person by people. They're a legal person because you can't. You can't sue your great, 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 great grandchildren in the future. They're not people yet. You can't sue the moon. It's not mm-hmm. like there's no there's no legal body. And <laughs> also the word corporation being like a corpus, it is a body. So just yeah. from another religious perspective, it's almost yeah. like they're this effigy that's being raised up. And and also interesting then con- connecting it to cults. Exactly. If we connect exactly. it to religion, we connect it to cult. You're, it's this... Uh, almost scapegoat or sacrifice that's taking the hits for for the people connected the people to it, behind even, the curtain yeah yes yeah well the, we'll have to find some imagery for of that sorts. yeah this like, there's yeah there's sin eater we need to find imagery of somebody holding up a goat sacrifice and then just write corporations awesome. on it and then like the person holding it like the Koch brothers if we could get like two guys that'd be even better the, uh, the, um, the cock brothers oh yes yes <laughs> I'm sorry. I should have let that joke die. <laughs> no! <laughs> what they are. Oh my God. Side note. I'll only have this on the extended. Speaking of Trump, though, did you see Trump's Hitler toupee? Yeah. And of course he was in Wisconsin when he was sporting that. I mean, you you can't, you had to have asked for a Hitler toupee. Or somebody said, hey, wear this, it looks really great. And they knew it was a Hitler toupee. Like there's no way. Does he wear a toupee? Is, or is that just how his hair falls? I think I think somebody said that it's a toupee, this, this specific little. The one that I had. saw this morning, I saw the whole t- Hitler motif and mm-hmm. some people drew on a little mustache. And Yeah, I think that's a toupee. But like the other stuff I think is just long hair that he 
Yes. Oh, yeah. Like, absolutely. One hundred percent. I. It's also this morning. I saw someone broke down like where all the hair is going, and it's like. <laughs> Stop it. No, no, no. I'll, I'll find it. Please do. So we now know that corporations can be seen as a quote legal person. Also, something to note is that corporations are older than I realized. According to Wikipedia, quote, the alleged oldest commercial corporation in the world, the Satora Kopaberg Mining Community in Falun, Sweden, obtained a charter from King Erikson in 1347. In medieval times, traders would do business through common law constructs such as partnerships, end quote. And corporations were first created in this fashion with a monarch's approval. Nowadays, it is much easier to establish a corporation simply going online, filling out a form, paying the fee, and boom, you're a corporation. Obviously, since this is coming to you from the United States of Lead, we need to talk about specifically corporations in the United States. And according to Investopedia.com, quote, small banking corporations existed in the first years after the American Revolution. And the first American corporations were developed in the 1790s almost instantly becoming key institutions in the young nation's economy. However, most historians note that the first important industrial corporation was the Boston Manufacturing Company in 1813. No country took to corporate development like the United States, end quote. This is a really great breakdown of the history of all this. I just want to, um, you know, add to this uh, on yeah, underscore. Please. There's a really great uh, documentary called The Corporation. Mm -hmm. and is like from 2003 they have a wonderful breakdown of like they describe corporations and i keep thinking of this in my head and it works it's really worked out for me and i it just underscores what you said what you've already said imagine if a city needed a bridge there was a few rich people in town they didn't the city doesn't necessarily have all of the resources it needs to make the bridge they could ask these people, these business owners to make the bridge. Mm -hmm. And the, the business owners are like, well, we've got this business going on. I mean, we could afford it. Uh, can we do tolls and recoup our money? And they're like, sure. But the reality is what they're really worried about is not the business proposition, but the risk if someone were to be hurt or if cost labor goes up, mm -hmm. if materials go up, and then suddenly in a partnership, you know you're on the hook you you personally are on the hook with someone else for yeah. these changes and you can incur that risk financially what a corporation lets those individuals do is defer that risk to this disembodied body and then that thing would take on the risk i mean there are materials connected to it there are funds connected to it so it can mm -hmm. sue and be sued but in order to get that bridge built and get people to participate financially and operationally it's a deferred ghost to let people participate but the other really important thing and the this movie points out immediately after like that was the notion of the corporation so like the king is granting someone to go to make a mine so that they'll benefit so will the kingdom everyone benefits but then the person who's like running it is not the direct you know when someone sues them they're not going to end up taking that big hit it was always connected to public benefit there was never like uh, until really recently <laughs> uh, like the last couple hundred years or whatever yeah the corporation it was granted by the king and it was granted by the powers that be because because you're doing this thing for the public benefit 
we're yeah. going to defer your legal exposure. We're going to defer like how bad you can get hit because we want this thing to happen. And maybe that yeah. thing is a business, maybe it's a bridge, maybe it's a mine, but that's not really the case anymore. Like the my my pillow guy doesn't have his business like for a public benefit. Uh, Trump Tower he does. doesn't exist for a public <laughs> benefit. He thinks it does yeah. too. I'm sure though. That's like that's the scary thing. But, but that notion is just like so. When going back to that person on the street. The idea yeah. of like, what is a corporation or what does it do or what is it supposed to do or what does legal responsibility does it have? I don't think anyone would would argue today that corporations owe or should be formed solely to benefit the public. Yeah. You know, if we're talking about Milton Friedman, it's the actual opposite of that. Oh, yeah, we're getting to it. And <laughs> spoiler, but that's something, too, that we'll have to hypothesize is how do we get that back on track, you know? Well, but yeah, that's, for, well, that's for the future. Um, oh, something I was going to say that I forgot I said that we both need to watch is that new documentary about that Christian cult that runs the GOP. Oh, the family? Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Oh, you I'll did watch see it again. It? I'll totally watch it again. It's so okay. frightening. It's so frightening. I mean, are there people? In, oh, don't tell me. But yeah, no, tell me. Are there people in it that that we talk about when, yeah, when I started? Okay. That's oh, it's, it's a rogues gallery of our least favorite people. Awesome. Okay. That's what I thought. So. <laughs> huzzah. Awesome. Yeah. Huzzah. You fuckers. Yeah. Anyways. So I'm going to share my screen quick here. There's a timeline, which is great. And this will be in our sources. We list all our sources for every episode, but this comes from the investopedia.com website. And it's a brief history of American corporations. And so it shows 1790s, first American corporations built. 1813, the Boston Manufacturing Company, which we talked about, was founded. 1820s is when the American Industrial Revolution started. And as we know from our podcast, United States of Lead, how much lead exposure also just fucking skyrocketed once the Industrial Revolution began. Turn of the 20th century was the introduction of the antitrust legislation. The latter half of the 19th century is known as the Gilded Age, which they think is like the heyday of corporations. Then we get to 1912 to 2006, which is that timeline is specifically when this person was alive, but it is Milton Friedman credited with the concept of modern currency markets, unregulated and unpegged to precious metal standards. And so, of course, I see that and I'm like, well, when I see unregulated pop up in anything. So actually, before we get to him, let's just finish this timeline quick. So then his stuff gets introduced in like the 50s and 60s when he's most popular. So circle back a little bit. 1929 stock market crash. 1945, the U.S. is the only major power not devastated by World War II. 1945 to 1980, American corporations grew without major challenges. And then 1990s to 2000s, loss of billions of dollars caused by financial scandals like Freddie Mac and AIG, which I kind of forgot about those. And like, me especially too. AIG. Yeah, me too. Um, think that that would be really good for us to specifically look at the players in that and what they're doing right now or have hmm. been doing in the past few decades. Because as we've mentioned, the, the mentality of you're not going to tell me what to do. I'm going to, you know what? I, there's that manifest destiny. I am going to get what I want and nothing else around it matters. So I can't imagine they just floated off into oblivion. So I'm going to stop sharing my screen because now we are going to get to 
Milton Friedman. So when I Googled Friedman, the first thing that popped up about him is, quote, American economist Milton Friedman developed the doctrine as a theory of business ethics that states that, quote, an entity's greatest responsibility lies in the satisfaction of the shareholders, end quote. Therefore, the business should always endeavor to maximize its revenues to increase returns for shareholders, end quote, full stop. Thanks for tuning in. That's our show. Goodbye. Because that is it right there. That is like, we've talked about this. Their only focus is that number going up no matter what. So it's not just a focus. It's also a legal, they're legally required. So uh, if you're on a board, you cannot take steps that deviate from that. And if you do, you're, you're literally breaking the law. So if Walmart said, well, Walmart has as a family run business. But if Microsoft said, we're just going to start, we're, we've made too much money this year. We're just going to give away all of our profits after we've paid our workers. That would be illegal. But also more insidious would be like, we're going to increase the pay of all of our workers so that we can just be nice folks. Mm-hmm. That's not, that's like, it's against the law. They could be sued for that because the shareholder, they could certainly lose their their positions because the shareholders, their satisfaction is the most important aspect of of the top of the pyramid scheme. (laughs) They're yeah, they're at the top of the pyramid. (laughs) So I think that's the crazy. I think that's really crazy. Like you're legally mandated to be greedy, to take action. (laughs) Yeah, to take actions solely for the shareholders. And also, listeners, if you haven't watched The Boys yet, please do yourself a favor and watch it. It's unbelievable. I don't know what else to say, and I don't want to spoil anything, but just take time to do it. The other thing to note, too, is that Friedman's theories came about at a time when employees still had stock in companies that they worked for. Sure. So that's something else interesting to note is how they lured this concept to be, you know, for the worker. A link that like, you know, we need to look at too is that then the union busting and the and the workers having these powers and linking that to this concept of, okay, who are the shareholders? When did this kind of thing happen? And now to where it is today? Because I mean, obviously, it's been a gradual snowball. I think of this as a simple algorithm where it's like, uh, if you and I are flipping coins, and we both end up with a tie, you always win. That's a really simple algorithm. And it's not going to be very long before your wind will compound and you end up with all the coins. If you win every tie, you have an unfair advantage. So even in the best of circumstances saying, okay, workers pay is really, really important. But if it has to go up against shareholder satisfaction, you're going to lose. Okay, yeah. workers' safety is super important. Uh, but as soon as it goes up against worker, so... I think that's what we've seen over the past 50 years, 50, 60, 70 years, is this game of war, this really simple algorithmic equation where it's like, nope, it's not as important. It's not as important. It it just shows that it's a game, too, because at the end of the day, the only shareholders should be the people who work. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, I do. I do. For a successful company, like, the only people who should own shares are the people actually doing the work. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be interesting to see if there's any possible way to get to that place. All of that value is coming out of the shareholder, uh, out of the labor of the workers. And it can't be sustainable if you treat your workers like shit. You know, it's like the idea of taking pride in your work when you have nothing 
you know, and like, and then it's like, like, oh, well, you should only work hard to, for the, the pride of doing hard work. Who, no, fuck but, you. Who, yeah. That's <laughs> ridiculous. Somebody who doesn't work says that. Yeah. Someone, well, someone whose work is exploiting other people's work. That's, yeah, touche. Yeah. <laughs> Another reminder that so Friedman was alive from 1912 to 2006. So many years. And I know, something tells me. And he wasn't in that, the Senate. That's crazy. <laughs> and something tells me that we're going to find a cult of Friedman, just like there's the cult of Ayn Rand. Oh, and, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and so when you combine Friedman's theories with Rand's theories and then combine both of those. So their heyday both of them their heydays were the 50s and 60s when there was rampant lead poisoning connecting this to our regular podcast it's all of these factors it's like what we were talking about with woodstock 99 it's like the perfect storm of factors so again friedman's landmark work came out in 1957 it was called a theory of consumption function it quote took on the Keynesian view that individuals and households adjust their expenditures on consumption to reflect their current income. Friedman showed that instead, people's annual consumption is a function of their, quote, permanent income, a term he introduced as a measure of the average income people expect over a few years, end quote. And as I just said, I also want to note that Atlas Shrug came out in 1957. So both of these books came out in the same year. And you can see how the intersecting of both of these cult theories or cult views, if you will, in what we're seeing today. It's also that idea, too, that minimum wage hasn't gone up in how many years, but the cost of living has. You know, this is that. He's saying it right there. So in the 1960s, Friedman published Capitalism and Freedom, which is, quote, arguably the most important economics book of the 1960s, making a case of relatively free markets to a general audience, end quote. Saying it's the most important book doesn't mean it's like the best thing to ever happen to us, but <laughs> important in the sense of like why we are where we are right? and why we have the cult of corporation. It's the intersection of this dude and Ayn Rand. And not related to what we're discussing, but something important to current events that we will discuss after the episode is Friedman's solution to inflation, which we'll get to. And if you're a patron donor, uh, I don't remember what tier it is, but- You get access to extended episodes as well. But back to corporations. I always come back to the phrase, quote, with great power comes great responsibility. But it's the lack of responsibility can explain why we're in the shit show we're in right now. Yeah. I feel like there was at least that propaganda back then of with great power comes great responsibility. And now that's like not even there's not even that concept of there being responsibility anymore. I don't know if there ever was. I mean, it's a nice notion. Teddy Roosevelt talked about that, about like during antitrust, he was, he was anti-antitrust. And it was like, he thought that the gentlemen, the people of means would have a position where they would just know whether something was ethical or not. Like they're in Mm -hmm. a position, like, because they're so, they're able to spend all this time and ideas. These Mm -hmm. gentlemen millionaires would just be able to regulate themselves yeah yeah because they're gentlemen because they're you know they wouldn't they wouldn't step on the backs of the people that's their childhood development was fully perfect full, they're fully Kumbaya. actualized people they went to Absolutely. Montessori schools well going back to to what we said about lead poisoning and i can't remember who i was talking about this but i was just like think about because you know there's always two directions you can take and it's like think about where we could have gone 
if there was empathy instead of apathy, how like, you know, if corporations did follow the idealism of social and public duty, and that would have been the other side to it. I think we can take it back to the notion of the corporation. So like if the city, if the community, the community chest doesn't have the funds for the bridge, Mm -hmm. like a, maybe the bridge isn't that important or Mm -hmm. maybe the bridge is important and the city needs to construct it. Like the people need to make that as opposed to like the selling of shares of the public. Cause then suddenly that bridge is, it has tolls for the next 30 years or Mm -hmm. why wouldn't the government of the people be able to offer the services the people need? Mm -hmm. So even just the notion of needing a corporation, even in the most benevolent vision of a corporation of deferring this kind of risk for the public good, then maybe it's not that good. Maybe it's something that we don't need. What, What did we need the bridge for? To move products for companies? I don't know. So going back to the investopedia.com article, quote, as a corporation, the enterprise exists as a legal entity separate from its owners. Most importantly, this means that the owners cannot be held responsible for the debts of the corporation. It also means that the corporation can own assets, sue or be sued and borrow money, end quote. And as Wikipedia points out, quote, there is significant evidence that limited liability in tort may lead to excessive corporate risk taking and more harm by corporations and third parties, end quote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this goes back to what we were saying, Paul, a couple episodes ago about how at the end of the day, all of this is about not wanting to be told what to do while also telling other people what to do. That is literally the foundation of America. Yeah, and you got to prove really me wrong on t-shirt. that. Yeah, that's because <laughs> that is that's that all we is want. The base. Yep. So you know, it's that idea. If we don't have a solid, fo- that's not a solid foundation, and we need to build a solid foundation if we're going to actually have a sustainable country. And if we can't evolve past this, then we are most certainly doomed. I think a part of the friction right now is this narrative has always been subversive. It's always been under. The, it's skewed in some way and hidden Mm -hmm. and we're just finding it harder and harder to pretend like that's not this is not the truth that people Mm -hmm. why do you want a billion dollars uh so i can tell people to fuck off (laughs) speaking of that have you seen elon musk in the news at all in the last month no um i think i have but oh, really? What, what, I well, I, I spent a lot of time in crypto circles, so. Oh, okay. So he's the sort of like I the fan. Was when Twitter was like, no, nah, dude, pay up. That's the last I've seen him. That's super interesting. Cause so like as a general character, he sort of run its, his course, huh? Fucking hope so. <laughs> well, until the next cycle. I mean, like until he does whatever. I don't know. Find him just... has another kid or. Maybe he'll be evil dude and, sh- and shoot off to a different planet and be done with it i just think it's so crazy he offered that woman a pony who he made a it was like sexually inappropriate with some some one of his employees and that part of the uh hush money was a, a pony? pony jesus christ i mean i'm not surprised <laughs> i'll give you a pony oh lord um horrible human being yeah lots of them So let's get back to the concept of corporations being viewed as people. This is a term called personhood. And Wikipedia has a great section on this. Quote, despite not being human beings, corporations have been ruled legal persons in a few countries and have many of the same rights as natural persons do. 
For example, a corporation can own property and can sue or be sued as long as it exists. Corporations can exercise human rights against real individuals and the state, and they can themselves be responsible for human rights violations. Corporations can even be convicted of special criminal offenses in the UK, such as fraud and corporate manslaughter. However, corporations are not considered living entities in the way that humans are, end quote. To see like where there might be corporations like we're talking about, like the, you know, the ideal corporations. I bet Toblerone is one. <laughs> I just had some Toblerone this weekend. Did you? Yeah, right. from Europe. Damn, after I'm done recording, I'm going to go to Quick Trip and get some Toblerone. Bought some Choco Tacos. Just to, like... I fucking knew they were going to do this, but I still bought some. I'd never had one before. What do you And think? I know this This is why <laughs> I know that they did this, because there are so many people like me, like, damn, that looks really good, but then never had one. And so it was like, well, I better try one before they get rid of them. And then I shared with Amanda before I came up to go to the show how I was getting one. And then Lucy had never had one. So I ended up buying 12 Choco Tacos $30 later, thinking it's going to be the last of them. And then Amanda's fiance shows me on his phone that they're bringing it back. And I'm like, I even told the woman at Quick Trip. I'm like, I know that this is just a publicity stunt, but just in case I'm going to, I'm going to buy. <laughs> what What'd you think? Do you like it? Overrated. Overrated. Totally. Overrated. Totally. Really fucking overrated. So yep. you know what? I hope you fucking burn. Yep. Down. Not impressed. Crackle. Never been. Yep. Yeah. Fucking over. It looks delicious. Uh, but in theory, yeah. it sounds fantastic. This is the Taco Bell effect. Mm, I love it's Taco like, Bell. Well, in theory, so a lot of those <laughs> things work. <laughs> yeah. But uh, okay. I'm not so saying like there's it, not great things at Taco Bell. It's making me think, like, I want to come up with a Choco Taco of my own, but make it good. Sure. Because it needs caramel. Okay. Like, it's it can't just be ice cream flattened. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. swirl some fucking caramel and some other shit into the ice cream. And then also do something to kind of, like, keep it all in. There's a place in St. Paul. It's pretty new. It's called Nelly's. And they okay. do that. They do that oh, with, do they? and they do it with cookies. Oh, so they make cookies on site and they make their own waffle cones and they have Amazing. this like panini ice cream waffle press. So they that make like, like these choco tacos. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's delicious. You can pick your own. You're like, oh, I want a snickerdoodle with cookies and cream. Wow. Yeah. I was telling to a uh, man's fancy bill, it's like, I'm going to make a choco taco, but like chocolate covered taco crumbles. And like, you know what I mean? Like, make it like an actual taco. <laughs> it's like, it sounds yeah. gross. I'm like, hear me out though. Salty and sweet. Yeah. It could work. But anyways, uh, corporations. So going back to this concept of personhood, quote, legal scholars and others such as Joel Bacon, Bacon, whatever, have observed that a business corporation created as a, quote, legal person has a psychopathic personality yes. because it is required to elevate its own interests above those of others, even when this inflicts major risks and grave harm on the public or other third parties. Such critics note that the legal mandate of the corporation is to focus exclusively on corporate profits and self-interest over victimizing employees, customers, the public at large, and or natural resources, end quote. Um, so yeah, <laughs> again, going back to like the boys and just that I sent this to you too, like spoiler, but there's that one scene with, um, Homelander where he starts to crack and there's all those flashing lights and like, 
that is a literal scene I wrote of this, like, you know, just like finally closing in and make like it, you crack. I think this is really germane to what we're talking about because it really isn't giving anything away. What's really impressive about what the showrunners are doing with the boys is they're exploring the like emptiness of white patriarchal white supremacist rage capitalist rage like what happens when you get everything you want which is arguably what trump got right like trump all he had to do was sit back let some of the somewhat competent lifelong politicians and Mm -hmm. admin people at the white house just do their jobs and he would have been fine but he couldn't he just had to have his finger in everything he disturbed the pot even more with covid he if he just let people do their jobs he could would have been fine you know but instead he's like no i've got to be in charge i'm controlling the message no more testing like that's insane and And like the the revenue he could have made on make america great again masks you know i I mean yeah yeah like there's a lot of just stupid shit but (laughs) it's psycho so it's psychopathic and it's like we're gonna make money this quarter but it means that we're gonna burn down our factories and a bunch of our workers are gonna die by the end end of the year and that's okay (laughs) that's okay Like, I know you need to have like, and that like we do have to, you know, say too that, you know, to be a successful lawyer or a doctor or a CEO, that you do have to have psychopathic traits because you do need to like separate yourself. But it's certain traits of a psychopath, you know, to make hard decisions. But that concept is meant to be for the greater good you know, to be a, a successful person of, you know, because you're, you're doing a service to society at the end of the day. And that's what CEOs of corporations are supposed to be doing. But we go back to like, it's all about the profits of the shareholder. And that's it. Yeah. And I think we have an unhealthy vision of what leadership should be. I, I actually don't think any of those, if something is sustainable and uh, intended to benefit like generations from now, mm-hmm. the mindset is not uh, you need to vote for me in fact you mm-hmm. you would stay away from that person if the person who says i am the person who can fix this i am the only i'm the only one you need to be picking mm-hmm. i think that is really gross and toxic and oh, yeah. uh, but that's how that's the model of leadership we've inherited from yeah. you know our feudalistic ancestors and the scary thing too is that there's people that will do anything because they're so scared of these yep. false narratives just like homelander yeah, they'll do anything to prevent that other way of being to exist. So reading about the psychopathic personality related to business corporations also makes me think of one of the most crucial parts of childhood development and that self-regulation. And so I love that there is a link between corporations self-regulating and the concept of children self-regulating. So for those who are unaware of this concept, quote, self-regulation is the ability to understand and manage your behavior and your reactions to feelings and things happening around you. It includes being able to regulate reactions to strong emotions like frustration, excitement, anger, and embarrassment, calm down after something exciting or upsetting happens, and focus on a task, end quote. I know I've mentioned before, but this is especially crucial in the first six years of childhood development, and it starts with co-regulation with parents. 
So as a child learns regulation from their environment, which is nature, and from the nurturing of their caregivers, like the nature-nurture aspect, this is how they develop into their concept of self-regulation and whether like the level of self-regulation they're going to have as adults. Just a side note too, that nurturing doesn't mean just letting a child do whatever they want, like throwing ketchup at a wall when they get upset over their failed insurrection. So you teach a child that what a specific, <laughs> What a strangely specific example. So you teach a child that there are consequences and the government's role is to, quote, teach corporations that there are consequences to their actions. But we aren't seeing that much lately, especially with regulations being rolled back that are detrimental to all of society and only positive for the profits of certain corporations. So this made me wonder, since corporations seem to have the rights of people, why aren't we adopting this concept of regulation to corporations? <laughs> also, too, connecting to lead poisoning, lead exposure really is detrimental to your brain development. And part of that development is self-regulation and the wiring of, that allows you to be able to control your emotion and like all the destruction that these corporations are doing with continued lead exposure. I want to dive deeper into that because corporations need to be regulated. And unfortunately, the quote psychopathic personality of corporations is out of control and they are increasingly unregulated because as we said, at the end of the day, their focus is only on profits. And even though they may be treated as people, they don't seem to have much of an interest in the good of the people. They're like a super person. Uh, and I mean that in like the Latin term, like they're above a person. They have personhood, but their very existence comes out of risk deferment. So yeah. this idea that like we're going to give this thing personhood and then that has a psychopathic personality that that <laughs> well, and this so another really crazy thing is um, I can't find it. I was just sort of like poking my head around. I first learned this from uh, from the corporation, that movie. But mm -hmm. the 14th Amendment, the amendment that comes out of this anti-slave amendment post-Civil mm -hmm. War, that states can't deprive people of life, liberty, liberty, and happiness. States can't deprive people of the, these things. Since the ratification of, of that amendment, it's I want the numbers. I don't have the numbers, but it's something like only 8% of the people that have successfully used this defense are people of color. It's something mm -hmm. insane, like less than 10% of the lawsuits that have used this amendment uh, were people of color. The vast majority, like 90% of the people that have used this amendment are corporations saying like you, ca the state can't, can't make this new highway that's gonna affect this part of our production because it's mm -hmm. depriving this person, the corporation mm -hmm. of this. You can't tax us to this degree because it's depriving this person of of all this benefit. The balls. <laughs> I know. The, so it's like the, as we like, can we then as people sue the people who are fucking us over? I mean, we can, but we're not going to win. You know, that's the yeah, thing yeah, exactly. <laughs> and if we do win, if we do win, then because of the nature of like this deferment of risk, mm -hmm. there's all of these mechanisms that would allow the actual leaders to not end up, you know, taking the hit. And the corporation might dissolve or transfer some of its assets to a different corporation. And then it's like, okay, great. We get 30% of the now nothing in this corporation. And I just don't understand how like 
the corporation's a person, but yet these actual people are making billions. Yes. It's like that woman, you know, with the thing, all the numbers and like yes, yeah, geometric yeah. shapes meme. <laughs> that's like me no, every it's, time I try to think about it. And that's the magic. <laughs> that they're do they're they're running the mystery school. They know the how the world really works. And they're not wrong. You know, like yeah. this work hard and they're herbalized. Uh, tell <laughs> you don't need to tell your boss you need a raise you just need to keep showing up and yeah just keep showing up you don't need to ask for what you want like no no that's rude that's really you don't need to tell other people what you're how much money you're making that's it's just oh. rude to talk about your wage that's really uh, so no it, i really would love to get that concept that i was saying about treating corporations you know, that, that concept of self-regulation and there being some sort of system that you need to go through to like reach this point of self-regulation before you can make your corporation any bigger or expand or, you know, something that like there has to be something. I don't know if if like we really want to rehabilitate corporations, like because the whole point of it is risk deferment. I think we as a community should we, we don't actually defer the risk. We just push it off legally to something else but still it affects people it affects communities yeah and usually the least among us mm -hmm. so why wouldn't the community just embrace the risk that's happening to it well that's obviously something that we <laughs> need to discuss more because <laughs> that i mean there's that concept too of people uh, like i just was talking about self-regulation Sure. And, you know, that theory of like individuals even having that concept, I, it's just, I mean, we can see that there are a lot of people in society that do not have the concept of self-regulation instilled in them, you know, and it's not one thing you can blame. It's not, you know, you can't just blame the parents. You can't just blame the teachers. You just can't just blame the circumstances. There's so many or blame the, like just blame the lead poisoning. It's everything together. Obviously a very big topic. And when it comes to the history of corporations, uh, we do plan on talking more about that in bonus episodes over on Patreon, because we also want to get to, I, I mean, I personally want to get to more of the specific history of like actual, you know, corporate entities and, you know, the decline where there's some that we're doing, but they were supposed to, and then all of a sudden <laughs> taking a deep dive off a cliff. Like we've said before, if you like what you hear, please consider supporting us on Patreon. As I mentioned earlier, we will be talking a little bit more about Friedman's theories on inflation, since that seems to be pretty much the only thing that like 80% of people are talking about right now is inflation. So thanks for tuning in and we will talk to you next week. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to United States of Lead, hosted by Andrea Elizabeth and Paul Kramer. Want to know more about this subject? Consider making a donation on Patreon, where you can unlock extended video episodes and bonus content like deep dives and exclusive interviews. Just a quick disclaimer, Andrea and Paul are not experts in lead poisoning. We do ask that you check our sources and read up a little bit more on your own. Thanks again for listening.